0: Welcome to the IQ Meets EQ podcast. I'm Jackie Broman, Principal Solicitor of TBA Law and CEO of Legally Wise Women. And as always, I'm here with Ush Tanik, former corporate lawyer, then head of HR, and now an emotional intelligence coach. Good morning, Ush.
1: Morning, Jackie. How are you?
0: Good. It's still dark when we record.
1: I know. I know. Should we tell the audience how funny this morning was? Because then um, <laughs> yes. you, you normally exercise and train I by do. the time we get together at 6 in the morning Yeah, and I've literally just woken up. I'm always in my bed <laughs> and um, this morning I say to you, I've just trained, like done 30 minutes of training yeah. and you didn't. And yes. I
0: didn't. That's right. My <laughs> alarm went off at 5 as usual. Instead of jumping out of bed, I'm like, oh, my God, it's cold. So I just sort of <laughs> snoozed for another 20 minutes and then I woke up again and I'm like, oh, I should really get up but it's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do- does it get
1: warmer a bit later on no oh really that staying staying cold is it
0: yes it's still cold so I just like okay I'll just jump out and be done with it so I'm up, I'm Yay. up.
1: you're up we're, we're up we're so well this.
0: done well done for training thank
1: you we are on to this
0: <laughs> um I always think that Um, if I don't quite stick to my morning routine, I feel guilty, but I think if you do your morning routine, you know, five out of seven days, that's all right, isn't it?
1: Oh, totally. Okay. Absolutely. Mm. You need, you need a rest day as they say.
0: So I've got a pass.
1: Good, 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 good.
0: good. How are you going (laughs) with EQ Academy?
1: Yes. Very good. Which actually is why, um, this guest is on the podcast actually for me to say a little bit of a thank you back. Um, so we're getting that. It's um, being launched on the 13th. So it's so funny. So I was saying to the, um, to the guy, the website guy, had a call with him yesterday and I said, oh, I want to launch it on the 13th. Would it be ready? He goes, oh, 14th is fine. I'm like, no, no, no. has to be 13th. He's like, why? And I'm like, because I've had like a whole numerology reading done oh. uh, on like really good days. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, has to launch on the 13th. It could make or break my business success, dude. So he's so funny. He was laughing. He's like, did you really just do a reading to launch a business? I was like, hell yeah. So
0: it will now launch on the 13th. But you know what? Any other reason you could have given him and he probably wouldn't have stuck to it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So and actually, the bit I didn't
1: tell him was if I didn't do 13th, I could have done 19th because I've got three dates in in July, but I didn't want to delay it. So I'm like, no, 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 it has to be 13. Mm. So it's a legit reason.
0: Yeah. Um, and we saw a yeah. preview of some of the photos you had done. They look great. Thank
1: you. Yeah. This amazing photographer, Summer, if anyone is in the markets to um, get some photos done, he's, he's great. Mm. Really, really good.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, he's probably a bit far away for me. <laughs> oh, well, you can travel. Oh, have the borders closed? Talking
1: yes. travel? yesterday, right?
0: Today. Oh, today. Or was it midnight. Whatever.
1: Far oh, out. Wow. I didn't think they'd do it, but they have, eh? Naughty naughty. Yeah. How many um how many new cases was it? I don't know. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, right. So now you definitely can't come and have your photo no. taken.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'll have to find something similar down here where they, cause she they did your makeup and everything and hair sort of beforehand, didn't they?
1: Yeah, it's one of his mates, so it was all just done in one place.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Instead of having to run around everywhere and try and squeeze it in before a session.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. They just did it all on site. Yeah. And then we took the photos outside. So, like, we had a couple in the studio, but the ones that we all liked were outside natural.
0: Natural light.
1: So, we just uh, ended up with a couple of those.
0: Excellent. How many photos did you take away?
1: Uh, So, he gave me, just because it's awesome, gave me about 14.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Really good. good. Top 20 now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You'll have to send me your favourite one so we can update your... I
1: will. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. We need to do that. I'll send you that for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Great. Excellent. All right. Well, you sort of hinted at who you've spoken to. So let us know who we're listening to today.
1: All right. So I um, interviewed Rashida Tayabali. Now, Rashida's bio is this. It says, a copywriter for female entrepreneurs who specializes in helping women entrepreneurs just like us tell the world what we are doing um, using our best words. So if we have a powerful story and we want to share or we're making a real difference in the world with our product or service, Rashida will help us tell it in words that work. So that's Rashida. All right. So, Rashida, tell us about um, your journey. How long have you been in Australia? I know that when I um, connected with you, I know your past is in Africa, right? Yes, that's right. Um, so, a similar to mine. so, yeah, tell me about your background.
2: Okay. So uh, I'm from Kenya, which is in East Africa. Um, yeah. And I came to um, Australia to do my final year of a, of a bachelor's degree in management and marketing. Um, At that time, I was in Perth, Western Australia, because that was the university that was connected to my college in Nairobi. So yeah, I came to Perth and uh, as soon as I stepped foot in the airport, I just loved it so much and I knew I was going to stay. So I went ahead and I finished my degree. Uh, My last year, I did uh, one more year of uh, postgraduate studies and then I just uh, started working and then... um, a few years later, I'm, I was introduced to my husband who lived in Sydney. Uh, he's yeah. also from Kenya, originally. Um, and yeah, we were introduced and we got married and I moved to New South Wales.
1: Amazing. And what did you do growing up? Tell me about your, um, you know, your, your life in, in Kenya. What was that like?
2: Pretty, I think, uh, uh, pretty calm and um, uneventful. I think um, I come from a fairly small community of Gujarati uh, Indians. Um, And uh, and my town is uh, somewhat similar to Wollongong. And yeah, so uh, I come from uh, quite a large family. I've got a brother and a sister, Mm -hmm. went to school in Kenya all my life um, and did two years of uni there and then um, moved to Australia.
1: Amazing. And what was the town in Nairobi called? Just out of curiosity, because my my parents are from there as well. So
2: what was the what? Sorry. What was the town that you were in? Uh, Mombasa. Oh, Mombasa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah lovely. Yeah. yeah.
1: So my mom is from Makuru.
2: Oh, nice. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. So she was from there and my dad was in uh, Uganda. Oh, so, nice. so they met and uh, they were actually the ones that went into, you know, into UK with the Idi Amin in the 70s. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So they left there and then went to the UK and I was born in the UK before I moved out here. So similar, similar sort of journey.
2: Yeah, what a small world. It is, yeah, yeah, a small world.
1: So how did you get into the career you are in now? Tell me what you studied and and what led you to uh, your business right now.
2: Okay, so um, I studied marketing, management and professional accounting. Um, And then uh, immediately after graduation, I started working in marketing. And I pretty much figured out that there were certain areas that I didn't really like. Uh, One was which was market research. Yeah. Um, so I, um, worked for a, a couple of years in Perth in, um, uh, in graduate marketing roles. And then I started working as a marketing coordinator when I moved to, uh, Sydney. So I worked for a, a company under the West farmers branch at that time. And then after a couple of years, I moved to a nutritional supplements company and in, it was in my last, that was my last full-time corporate type of job and that was the job in which I did a fair bit of writing so whether it was um, you know writing um, a little blurbs or uh, blogs for the company Um, and coincidentally I met um, a writer um, who had been hired to come and help us with the workload she was a features writer and I um, used to flip through different magazines on her lunchtime break and one day I asked her what she was doing and she said oh I'm just going through magazines looking for ideas and what to pitch to editors and I said what do you I said what do you mean you do magazine style of writing and she said yeah so I asked her how it all worked and I had a, a half an hour to one hour chat with her and I was fairly interested because that was mag- like being published was always my dream I used to make yes. little little magazines in Kenya when I was in school I had a, <laughs> an editorial team Um, And we used to publish a class magazine and I was the one who was running that. I really enjoyed it. So I spoke to her and um, for that moment, I didn't really do anything about it. In fact, I didn't even get a chance to look it up. But I used to keep an eye out for her articles in in newspapers. And then when I went on maternity leave a couple of months, just after my son was born, uh, I, I was telling my husband about how I didn't think I wanted to go back to work again. And he was like, um, you know, pretty much said, it's up to you. You know, you can, if you really love what you do, go back. And if not, then maybe think of something you really wanted to do. He's like, you wanted to write. So he said, might be a good time to start now. And I thought, hang on. I, I just, I remembered what the other writer had told me. And I looked up the uh, Australian Writers' Centre. It used to be called the Sydney Writers' Centre at that yes. point in 2011. So I looked up and they had a six-week course where you could do the course and become a feature writer. And I thought, oh, great, I'll do that. So I enrolled in it. Um, and that time my son was about four months old Then I used to go mm. for the evening sessions. Um, And yeah, pretty much I I did that first course, I did a couple of other freelance uh, writing related um, courses like travel writing, and I started pitching and I got my first article published. Pretty much I was, yeah, because I thought this is what I want to do. And unfortunately, back in college, had I... had marketing communications been an option, I would have gone down that path because journalism had been my first choice. But uh, my parents were not very keen because they thought journalism meant going to war zones. Yes. (laughs) Um, And unfortunately, at that time, in Kenya. that was what it was we had very few women presenters you know and obviously social media was nowhere to be found so I became a features writer and I started pitching and then after uh, a couple of years I had a few friends approach me they said oh you you, you're doing writing because they were reading my articles and I was also blogging at that time and they said oh could you write um, my website copy for us and I thought well I've never done it but I mean, I had done it as part of work previously and I said, I can give it a try. And then Mm -hmm. slowly, that's how my work built up. I started doing websites and then uh, I started doing um, blogs and that was predominantly what I was doing in the early years. And then um, after uh, about two years or three years of doing that, I I found a community online called the Clever Copywriting School. Before then, I used to follow the uh, well-known copywriter called Kate Toon. She's based in Sydney and uh, she's always been very generous with her knowledge. And uh, after following her on social media, I realized that, that that what I was doing was called copywriting. So I went ahead and joined her community and that pretty much I haven't looked back since. Amazing. That's
1: fantastic. So um, let's tell the listeners about how you and I met <laughs> and sort of our journey. So we, we met through LinkedIn, right? The power of yeah. LinkedIn. It's funny because... Um, you know, I was talking to Jackie about wanting a bit of a rebrand for my own website from, from my name to a company name. And we were laughing, right, Rashida, when I even told you that I said I was so reluctant initially to get some help with yeah. any form of copywriting. And I guess one of the concerns I have, and I think this might be true for a lot of business owners, is we feel that only we know what our message is and how to articulate our message because mm. we live and breathe it. It's, it's like I said to you, it's like our baby. yes. And then it was, you know, uh, I sort of realized that I do have to step away from this and get someone with fresh eyes to be able to look at this and help me build that content. And, and that's, where, that's where we connected. Do you find there is resistance from entrepreneurs sometimes to sort of hand over and lose some of that control when it comes to their copy?
2: Uh, yes, I believe that is true. And I think a uh, deeper concern that goes behind that is they they feel exactly what you felt that nobody else could capture the tone and style of me yeah. as part of, as, as the way I represent my business. And mm-hmm. also I think there is a bit, I think a lack of knowledge that there are people like copywriters are then traditionally, when you think of a copywriter, you think of somebody who writes ads for a living. Yeah. And actually these days copywriters have evolved into many different uh, specialty, uh, like they do a lot of different things, you know, they're market researchers, they're, content strategists their writers their proofreaders so i think there's also a lack of edu- education behind that and a reluctance to yeah. let go
1: yeah yeah i agree i think you know when when you and i connected and you said that you were going to help with you know some of that research i think that was one of my main concerns because i thought a copywriter isn't going to be an expert in my business in my mm-hmm. industry And I thought, well, if they don't understand my industry, how are they going to be able to write? How do you reassure your clients that, you know, you don't have to be an expert in their business to write good copy?
2: Uh, Usually what I do is um, uh, when I do the introductory call with them, I go through the process of what I do. And one of the things I tell them is that that, The first uh, after we do the intro call and I understand what they what they're looking for and whether I'm the right fit, because sometimes uh, they may be from an industry where I don't simply don't take it on like software or accounting based type of, you know, very in-depth technical type of work. And then I tell them about my briefing process. So it's a one hour uh, briefing call to go through your business in depth. So it goes through, you know, why you started your business, who your ideal client is, uh, what makes you different from your competitors. And then I take all of that information and then I go ahead and also do my own research um, in in the form of a competitor analysis. So I look Mm -hmm. at what others are doing in your industry. You know, are they offering something that you might not be or in what way are you better than them? So that all takes part and it's a good intensive, I'd say three to four hour research process that I go through to find out what, because my job is to make you sound good and to get customers to come to you because of a specific problem you're solving. Now, your competitor might not be solving the same problem. So it's up to me to find out what exactly you do because while business owners are very, very knowledgeable about the sort of problems they solve, they may not always be able to put that in writing.
1: Absolutely. You're so right. I think, you know, sometimes as business owners, we get so caught up in what we're doing that we it's hard sometimes to take a step back and, you know, really be able to look at what is our message? What is our values? You know, how do we want to be perceived by other people?
2: Yeah. And Um, also because your business would have evolved over time. I know mine has over the years, what I started, I started with a single service and now I offer a whole heap of different things. And as time goes by, your website has to be a living, breathing kind of marketing tool. It can't be a static marketing tool because what your business looked like five years ago is probably not what it looks like now.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, I think mine was four years and then I've changed it now. So yeah, yeah it's definitely evolved as, as you do. Um, so if someone is out there thinking that they you know need to engage a copywriter like yourselves for their website but they've got a couple of doubts what would you say to them to reassure them that you know your process is painless and how would you help them make that decision
2: okay so what i usually do um, is um whenever i get a copywriting inquiry i set up an intro call with them so it's about a 15 minute call where i have a chat to them and see what they're looking for and whether I'm the right fit. And if they have any objections or concerns during that call, I try and get them to tell me so that I can actually give them the right information while we are talking. And uh, after that, I follow up with, uh, with an email where I, what, if whatever they've asked me and I feel like they need extra information on then, I'll go ahead and find that info and give it to them. And then um, pretty much I'll try and answer any other concerns or that that I feel they may not have voiced, but maybe it's it's bothering them. But usually I try to reassure clients that if I'm not confident that I can deliver for them, I will not take on their job. And in the past and currently, I always try and find, if I feel like I can't do a certain job, I will find them the copywriter who does. The Clever Copywriting School, of which I'm a member, has almost 250 copywriters, and there will be somebody who's a, special, uh, like a specialist in that specific area. So mm. that's what I do. If I feel like I can't deliver on their job, then I refer them to somebody else.
1: Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. So tell me, um, Rashida, one of your success stories. What's, what's something that you're really proud of that you've done and what's been the result of that for your clients? I'm sure you have many.
2: <laughs> I do. I'm trying to think of one or a few at the top of my head. So uh, I think one of the things that I've been really proud to work on as a copywriter was a, uh, was a campaign we did for a company called TransferWise. Um, a couple of years ago, perhaps you may have heard of them. They offer very low fees. They're like Western Union, but they, uh, uh, I think they're European, but they have Mm -hmm. uh, uh, offices in Australia. So they were commissioning a report, uh, which wanted to, which showed that actually migrants added um, almost $60 billion to uh, Australia's economy in the next few years. And they wanted to have Rather than just do a dried cut press release, they wanted to find people who were already doing, who were very uh, doing well economically in, this, in in society or contributing in other ways, and they hired me to find ten of those people and do interviews with them. So I took that from a business angle. So I went ahead and found CEOs, uh, small business owners, scientists who are migrants and who were contributing very positively to Australia. And um, so there was a a showcase, um, there was an exhibition based on the stories and the photos. I was interviewed by Jan Fran from SPS and uh, the stories and the photos were actually displayed in um, international towers in Barangaroo when they opened. So that's Mm. something that I think was a real highlight. And because I was already doing similar work Um, In in that sort of industry, they they thought of me and they hired me for it. And I think um, another success story would be um, I did uh, SEO website copy for a friend of mine who runs a tea business in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And um, she didn't have much understanding of SEO and um, her developer who had built her business kept telling her that we've looked after the SEO, so don't worry. And she had a chat with me because she's like, I know you do SEO. Can you have a look at my website? So I went ahead and um, looked at it and I told her, these are the changes you need to make. Actually, your website has not been as optimized for SEO from a text point of view. I said, technically it's okay, but I said, you're missing crucial things like, you know, title tags and meta descriptions Mm -hmm. and there's no keywords in your content. I went ahead and I wrote it all for her. I fixed up all the blogs and everything. And, within three weeks uh, she started making sales from Google. So people found her on found what she was selling on Google. She's gotten a, amazing PR out of it you know she's done lots of interviews um she did uh, an interview for SBS radio and she's been featured in a fair few newspapers and she was really stoked and I was very happy for her
1: oh isn't that just so satisfying when you see a client win isn't it yeah
2: yeah yeah it really is she got some amazing results and it wasn't even that I went ahead and did massive fixes it was just you know making sure the website was SEO compliant from a Google point of view and um uh, yeah her developer wasn't too happy about that but thank hey, you
1: <laughs> <laughs> well done you I think you know the other thing that comes to mind for me is that as business owners you know we we have to be able to say that we are we don't know everything about everything in in, in business and yes, it's sure. really important to outsource some of that help like I hate doing my bookkeeping and accounting so you know obviously it's not something I want to do so you have an accountant and I think sometimes we forget that things like this are just as important as outsourcing your bookkeeping or your accountancy that, you know, we sometimes think, oh, it's something that we can leave, but I don't think people are aware of how far those results can go if we do it the right way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that reminds me of something I read um, in in, in a book recently that, you know, when you strip away the pretty designs and the pictures in a website, all you're left with is words and that's what (gasps) your customers read. And if the words are not up to scratch, then you pretty much have lost sales. So you've lost the ability or the opportunity to convert somebody who may have come to your website to look for a solution to their problem.
1: Absolutely. Amazing. So tell me, Rashida, where do you get your inspiration from? What fuels you to have, you know, that creative mind to be able to write?
2: Um, I'm going to throw in a cliche here and say that I've always been a writer. So yeah. I've been an avid reader I, from a very young age. Um, a popular story in my family is, um, I used to go to a Catholic school as in nursery, you know, kindergarten. Yeah. And the teacher told my mom that all the children would be out playing, but your daughter is always sitting near the library. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and by the first year, I think I pretty much read all the books in that library that they had. So always been an avid reader. And I started writing little stories from a quite a young age. So my imagination is active very active sometimes it's overactive yeah. um but so what fuels my imagination and my creativity would be I think a love of reading yeah. And now with uh with with kids in the mix I try and take time out where I just sit and I think or oh, I'm not really doing anything yeah. specific because I find that with clients as well a lot of the work that I do comes from I do the initial research and then I let it what I call it marinate in my brain and then yeah. when the creativity comes in so it's not a quick dried process of do the research and start writing so I think um, a mixture of reading and quiet time is what fuels my creativity
1: yeah it's that space isn't it space in between the thoughts that yeah. you can actually just let all of those thoughts simmer and then they come into this beautiful magical sentence that you put together <laughs> yes
2: I yeah I do hope that they're magical but yes
1: they are. Look, I'm a big fan. Um, and all, all my, um, I'm really excited for this podcast to go out because all of our listeners have sort of been hearing about my journey to change from, mm. you know, the Ushdanik website to the EQ Academy. And, uh, every time we do a podcast and we, we publish it, we give them a little bit of an update. So I think it'll be really nice for them. By the time this goes out, the website will have launched. So oh, they can actually check out your, your, your magic, um, on the site which is exciting.
2: Yes, definitely I hope they like it.
1: I'm sure they will. So um tell me Bashida what advice would you give your 21-year-old self if you could go back?
2: Um good question. I would tell her that it didn't matter at what point in her life she would have picked out her passion, but what yeah, was but in- important was that she found her passion and she followed it. That that would be my advice
1: so true so true there's this um coach that i I i'm working with at the moment and he very similar to what you said and he said that growing up he's always told his children he said don't worry about school don't worry about grades he goes all i want you to do is focus on what your purpose is why are you in this world what do you enjoy and he said, if you can work out your purpose, he goes, that's what I want you to work out. And he says, don't worry about school. He goes, I will always look after you. I'm always going to be here. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about anything. And he said, ironically, he goes, both of them found their purpose in that safe environment. They did really well at school anyway, and they made money. And he goes, but it was the fact that he told them not to worry about that and just focus on your purpose that made them be as successful as they are.
2: Yeah, because sometimes in following convention, you tend to, forget, you tend to not find your passion. Yeah, and uh, I think that's. I think everyone is good at something, but it does. Sometimes it you find it straight away, uh, or sometimes like me, you find it later in life because you didn't get the opportunity to explore it as a career option yeah. right yeah. at the beginning. So, but yeah. I think at some level, I always knew that I wanted to write, and it was just a matter of finding the right avenue and the right um, setup for it. And now yeah. that I have, so it's um I think very hard for me to imagine going back to her corporate job doing anything else.
1: That's right. That's right. I remember my um my daughter, she was in kinder, and uh, we got a I got a call from, from the school. You know how it is when you're you know just new mum. Yeah. I've only got the one as well. Yeah. When you get a call from kinder, you just automatically presume it's like bad news or the term itself. So I picked up the yeah. phone, going yes. And the first thing I said was GSI. And they said, just want to let you know she was a little bit upset today. And I said, oh, how come? Hmm. And he said, we got all the kids to try and work out what they want to be when they grow up. And she said she just couldn't do it. And, um, you know, maybe when you pick her up, have a chat with her and ask her what it is that she wants. So I picked her up from uh, daycare. She's only like four, four or five. Yeah. yeah. And I said, oh, I said, what did you find so hard about that? And she goes, um, she goes, mom, she goes, everyone around me was, you know, saying that they want to be a vet or you know, they want to be a doctor or they want to do all these amazing things. She goes, I just want to be a mum."
2: Yeah.
1: And I was like, that is so cute. Like, yeah. like her whole purpose in life at the age yeah. of like five was mm. to be a mum. And it's so funny because even now she's 10, she's probably the most child that I've met that's got this maternal instinct yeah. in everyone she's around. Yeah. Um. And I asked her the other day, I said, what do you want to do? And she goes, "Um, I just want to adopt, you know, loads and loads of kids. So it's fascinating. Like her whole purpose yeah. is around being this motherly maternal figure, whether that's going to be around animals or kids, who knows, but I think it's so important to keep asking our children, what's your purpose? And don't worry about the grades. I mean, I say that because I'm an EQ coach, right? But um, like, let the IQ happen. Like, you know, they're going to learn what they need to learn in school anyway, but I think we sometimes don't ask the right questions, you know, of our kids.
2: Yeah. And that reminds me of something else as well, that there is a place in this world for everyone. Not yes. everyone, like, you know, whenever you, I suffer from imposter syndrome, which, you know, it yeah. hits me every now and then. And I think that how boring would the world have been if everyone was a copywriter doing the yeah. same things? Yeah, also, There is a place for the healers, there is a place for the spirituals, there is a place for the creatives, and there is a place for the analytical people. And everyone yeah. has a role to play. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's what makes this world so nice and diverse and rich. Because you have yeah. all these people doing all these different things. So, yeah, I think that's um, definitely if she's already found her calling, then I think it's great.
1: It's great. Absolutely. And um, tell me what your goal is for the next 12 months for your business. What are you looking to achieve? What's your one big, as they say, big, hairy, audacious goal? What is that?
2: Okay, so actually my big, hairy, audacious goal is not directly related to my business, but um, Mm. I'm actually working on getting my first novel published amazing yeah so i'm currently i finished it on i finished the first draft on the end of june and i'm currently editing it so i'll be starting to query agents in september onwards and it's uh i think that there's they in in australia actually there is a lack of um uh people sharing experiences from multicultural communities and that's what my novel is about it's it's a fiction novel but it's about a woman who who is living here with her husband and she's there from India and then suddenly out of the blue at the age of 45 with two grown-up kids she loses her husband and it's about how widows are seen in Indian communities and you know the stigma attached to them and uh, you know how they're sort of expected to fade away into the background and not have to have that desire to still keep living their life. And it's also about finding a, you know, a, a second chance at love and whether she takes it or not. You know, either is she going to follow society or is she going to follow her own heart? Oh so, my God,
1: I can't wait to read it. That sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, I'm quite excited. And actually it's inspired by a couple of events. Um, one of my aunts in, in Kenya went through a similar mm. thing. And I know that there was quite a lot of negativity associated around yeah. her decision to remarry. So I think, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that there will be somebody who wants to print my book. Oh, there will
1: be. And I think, you know, it's, it's such an important topic and there was one book I read a number of years ago when I first moved to Australia, but it's called Chapati and Chips. Have Have you read that? no no um get that book it's, it's a little bit similar to what you're saying but it shows about the culture of i think it was set in london though not not australia okay um and a woman who comes um, from overseas and she's dealing with that whole cultural shift amazing book like it makes you laugh and it makes you cry you go through yeah. this whole emotional journey in the book yeah um so yes yeah, chip and chips have a look so i'll text you the name of who, who wrote it but um okay. yeah it's great yeah definitely
2: sounds like it's a good great. read that's what i'm hoping to do with What I'm writing as well is show people a glimpse of, you know, how religion and society can actually stop you living a life that you really want to lead, And sometimes give up a whole heap of things without wanting to give up those things only because there's pressure to give up those things. Yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. And Rashida, tell our listeners, where can they find you if they want to contact you?
2: Okay. So I'm on the internet, obviously. My website is um, www rashidatayabali.com.au. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn under Rashida Tayabali Writer.
0: Amazing.
1: Well, thank you so much for all of your insights. Um, I'm really looking forward to
0: airing this episode.
2: Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
0: So she was really great. So what can I say now, because you're always got favorites now. (laughs) yes (laughs) it was great
1: it was she's so so good very powerful to
0: have someone help you to make the words uh, I don't think she described it as make the words sing off the page but it's sort of what hit me that you know what you're trying to say but you can't say it and she knows how to get it out of you and make it Make it say it the way you need to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I was talking to the website guy, like I just mentioned, and he said, He goes, You're so clever. And I'm like, No, no, trust me, it ain't ain't my words. And he said, It's, he goes, It just flows. He goes, Even as I'm building the website, he goes, The flow of the website is so good. And then what I didn't mention in that interview, which if anyone uses Rashida, she's amazing, but she actually gives you wireframes for the website as well so it's basically what the website looks like so you just give the developer the wireframes and they build it huh. based on what it looks like and then when she does the copy she writes here are your SEO words here's the header here's the tags so he literally just has to it's, it's a roadmap for him or her whoever's doing your website amazing and it's something that I know I, I never would have done even if I had being able to write the words there's that next level of stuff you know in there that we just don't understand because it's not our expertise and I think that's something that's crucial takeaway for me is you know we we need to let the the people who are really good at what they do do what they do
0: yeah I really took that from it as well because you definitely spoke about you know it's it's something that we quickly hand over to a bookkeeper as one of the first things we'll hand over as a as a growing business, but writing the words is often one of the last things potentially.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think we also think, I mean, I remember when I was trying to do it all myself and my first website, I did myself, but there's almost a sense of guilt that I felt when I was like, Oh no, I can't get help on how to write this because I should know this. It's my expertise. Yeah. You know, what would people think if I didn't write it my way? And it almost gets you that feeling of, Oh my God, I'm fraud if I can't even write my own copy. Um, <laughs> Yeah. you know imagine it's like for yours you, you you imagine you're hiring someone to write a law article for you you'd be like hang on a minute it's what I should know right?
0: well yeah I almost feel the opposite not that I'd feel guilty I would feel like it wouldn't be to the quality I sort of <laughs> I quite often think that you know the copywriters are the people you find on fiverr and their first language isn't even English and you they don't put together a proper sentence and that is yeah. so not giving them the proper credit that is due. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just having seen a few bad pieces before that has been given me that in, you know, assumption, but on the flip side, I'm probably not crediting what has been done by copywriters. And I've always thought that it has been done by the person like yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I think you go back to what Rashida was saying around you know, all the layers of their skill set, right? So the example she gave of, you know, this SEO, which I'm hoping is going to down work for mine. So, you know, where someone searches and, you know, you, you, you rank better, you, you know, you just don't realise what all there is to do in a business website.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, no, completely. Because it sounds like she goes a step further than just the words. Like you said, she's done the SEO, she's done the tagline, she's set it out and really put some thought and probably research into the words and all that sort of stuff as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to a friend yesterday and um, who, who's getting her website done and she had the whole, literally, you know, that whole, uh-oh, no, no, I can't get someone to write, you know. And it was instantly, she verbalized the instant reaction I know I had when I was thinking of getting someone. Mm. And there was almost an indirect sense of judgment in uh, the way that she said, so you didn't, so you didn't write your website? Mm. Like, there was that question. And I was like, uh, no, but we researched it and I gave my thoughts and, and then I thought myself justifying it to her. And this was like straight after the interview as well. So I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs that just go, this ain't the dumb thing." Mm. Well, mm-hmm. so I'm putting it out there to the world. Rashida wrote my email, so judge me all you want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I'll get her to write some stuff for me. That's, yeah, <laughs> because what actually I've been writing at the moment is a <laughs> manifesto. And I think that, oh yeah, I'm trying to dump all my ideas into it, but I've got too many. And I think that maybe her skill there will be able to pare back and, sa- and have far more clarity that I'm trying to express way too much. Mm. Um, so I think that I think that that's where a skill lies as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think you know we've just got to look at things differently it's not about trying to you know it's it's like the old you know hustle used to be that favorite word and now it's flow. It's it's a case of that in this sense I feel where it's not that we have to be was of everything in our business.
0: Yeah, so true, so true. I mean, when you're doing it lean, of course you will have to do it, but at a certain level, and you and I have both passed that level where you've got income, you yeah. should spend it yeah. on what is important.
1: I know it's like planning a wedding, right? You're gonna have good food or good flowers. Like, what's what's more important? <laughs> <laughs> or the dress?
0: I gave away can the I? band. We just had. Oh, did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I really loved how she came to finding what she wanted to do after having had a substantial career prior and it Mm. was A roundabout sort of way again I think we've had a couple of guests that have been similar and had a bit of a career change and it's been the learning process of the career before that has brought them to what they wanted to be because it almost seemed like she wanted to beat herself up that she didn't immediately know what she wanted and what she would have told Mm. her younger self is it's okay to take the time to find what you're passionate about yeah but I think I've I've said to other guests before you know you wouldn't be who you are now if you hadn't have done the first thing as well yeah
1: absolutely and i think um also it evolves right so funny enough if you look at her her linkedin post so after we met and this was um over a month ago now but she actually refined her offering because she said after working with you i realized i just want to help women entrepreneurs <sighs> whereas before that she was sort of helping. Uh, you know a a wider audience and it was interesting because she goes oh part of me is scared to niche because she goes am i shutting out other work am i shutting out you know other opportunities but i was asking her yesterday off off the interview and she said it really really hasn't affected her ability to get work no so it's just really laser focused her
0: yeah about niching like you you advertise to the perfect person you want to with and work with but then you don't have to refuse other work that comes in because they know you're good
1: (laughs) exactly that's right that's right so I think you know she's just got a real passion and you know I remember when I was doing my first um you know the intake interview thing with her Mm. you know she was just really good at asking the right questions challenging and I didn't realize that there's a big research element to, to what copywriters do yeah. So, and, and I like the way she answered very truthfully that if it was a subject matter she wasn't interested in or felt she wouldn't do it justice, she would just say so.
0: Yeah, she did, and particularly really technical writing, which, I mean, of course, you there'd be too many backwards and forwards as well. You haven't quite got that right or this is not quite right or whatever, and it'd just be like, ah.
1: Mm, yeah. Mm. So, no, I'm really pleased. I think um, it would be really, really good to um, showcase her work Yep. Um, on my lucky 13th day.
0: Yeah. And I <laughs> thought it was really interesting as well that you drew parallels between your own family's immigration and her f- and hers. Yeah. It's quite interesting, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. I think we just left a bit earlier out of the country than she did. Mm. Yeah, but very, very similar. And if anyone's ever interested in that, it's a really, really good movie, The Last King of Scotland. Really? Yeah, it's a fascinating movie. I think you can get it on Netflix. But it it talks about the um the story of the Indians who are in Africa, mm. and were kicked out of the country by Idi and wow. he's played by Forrest Whitaker in the movie. So it's it's a bit of a gory movie because uh-huh. he was not the best man. Yep. But it really, really is a fascinating movie. Just it gives you an indication of what it's like to, you know, wake up in your own country one day and at one point told to leave.
0: Wow. Yeah. Was there a a violent like elimination of people who weren't leaving, or yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. Mm. yeah,
0: yeah. Almost what he was doing his own ethnic cleansing of his country.
1: Yes, correct. Mm. So my parents left there in the early seventies, right? Um, As did a lot of, asked a lot of Indians, and then moved to the UK.
0: Okay, so it was so Rashida's family must have found it tolerable to stay for a while longer, Were mm. they maybe not in the central targeted possibly
1: area. yeah and they possibly survived that and then then he wasn't there anyway so he, he lost his power just right after that So, mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: but yeah absolutely small world i don't she didn't realize that until i mentioned it on the actual interview so she sent me a message going oh my god i didn't realize <laughs> we had such similar stories
0: yeah so. isn't it funny um we often isn't there that phrase there's seven is it seven degrees of, of separation, separation or whatever it is but um it seems like it's much less, quite a lot.
1: Totally. Totally. Mm. So, yeah. So that's that story. But yeah, I think, you know, my, my whole takeaway is, you know, ask for help. Yeah. And, you know, get the help where you need in your business. And mm-hmm. focus mm. your time on the bits that, you know, you need to invest your energy in. Mm. Otherwise, you know what? This launch will not be happening on the date that it's happening. I'd still be procrastination mode of what I'm writing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, that was a big theme to um, what you spoke about, but the biggest takeaway that I got was just her level of creativity. And yeah, while she was talking about um, the copywriting and doing things, um, but as the interview got further in and she started talking about her novel, oh, my God, the passion level just went through the roof. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and so did her expressions. When, like, it was obviously a um, video interview so I could see her. Mm. She's just really, really excited by that book. And yeah. as am I, I can't wait to read it.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, I can't. I just really hope that it takes off for her because it will just add an extra element to her well, her satisfaction and fulfillment with moving across to a creative path as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, and she's right it's such a needed time. I think in the last year or two, um, publishers have been looking for more diversity to get rid of all the the whiteness in Australian publishing. So, uh, perfect timing.
1: Yeah, and I think she's going to do really, really well. Mm -hmm.
0: Good. You know what else I took away from talking about creativity mm. was both of you mentioned at one point being able to have the quiet time to percolate and have the creativity actually come through.
1: Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah.
0: I, I think, particularly, you know, as entrepreneurs, business owners, we almost fill every space that we can with doing that, we don't leave much time for that. And I was reflecting that when I'm exercising is probably the time when my brain is most creative and I and I do have amazing ideas come through when I'm running or whatever and sometimes when I'm driving too but I don't I don't ever capture it because it's you know you you're, you're exercising I don't want to be taking a voice memo or
1: <laughs> yeah 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 mm. it's true I'm reading um I've just finished this this book uh Pivot um it's, it's really really good it's about Adam Markle and he he talks about um if, if in life you want to have a pivot you'd enjoy it he's a, a lawyer like us in the states and he got he had his own law firm he, he worked really hard he was walking one morning and he thought he was having a heart attack and it wasn't a heart attack it was a panic attack because he was so miserable so he had achieved the law and then he was too ashamed to admit it wasn't what he thought it was going to be yeah even though it made him all the money he wanted. Anyway, so he literally pivoted and, and changed his journey. And uh, he talks a lot about resilience and keynotes notes on resilience and got a couple of really good programs. Anyway, and in his book, he talks about what qualities you need and what do you need to do when you need to pivot in life. Mm. And one of the um, examples he gave of one of his, his own mentors that he spoke to in the book was to actually schedule into your calendar thinking time. <sighs> Now, I've actually been doing it since I read the book. I finished the book about three weeks ago, and I've kid you not, in my calendar, blocked out thinking time. So, yesterday I was on client site and it was blocked out like it was a meeting for 30 minutes. And um, I was like, right, feels a bit weird and feels a bit guilty to be doing this. But you know what? I bloody loved it because all I did is still sat at my desk. That wasn't, you know, didn't do anything different and just looked out the window, and it was seriously thinking time of just ideas and this bloody amazing idea came out of it. So for EQA, Great. and it just works. And he actually said that he knows someone now who takes his thinking time so seriously that someone gave him a proposal to read, he's a CEO. And he's like, oh, when we get back to me? And he goes, oh, let me check my schedule. He goes, well, I wanna actually read it and, and think about it. So he goes, my thinking time is scheduled for Thursday this sleep, I'll get back to you on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's so um, brilliant yeah but you know what it was it's a bit odd initially when i'm doing it mm. but even if you put it in for 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. and the trick is not to do it like you said when you're doing something else So don't do it while you're driving don't do it while you're exercising or because you're not really then thinking because you you know your subconscious brain is engaged in the other activity mm. but um if you just actually just be still and go i'm going to start with 15 minutes a day and they say start with 15 minutes a day it's actually really powerful
0: that's the scariest thing is doing nothing is just sitting.
1: But just sit. But you know what? Your, your brain will just fill it. Like I'm telling you now, the thoughts will come. And wouldn't you want to see what ideas and what potential you have by investing just 15 minutes a day? Mm. Like who wouldn't want to just go, you know what? I want to see where my mind takes me. Mm. I want to see what that creativity is. And if you bring it back to kids, right? Kids must spend a lot of their day in that mode, right? during the day Mm. and we've just forgotten it as adults how to do it or there's a guilt attached to it
0: yes all right well you've given me the next book to read and the next little task to why don't
1: you try (laughs) it try it this week yeah so do it for wednesday thursday friday squeeze in 15 minutes a day and just be really uncomfortable with yourself and awkward and just sit and think
0: (laughs) all right i will
1: see what comes out of it it
0: on a post-it pivot think
1: think (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's a really good book, a really, really good book. Hmm. Um, it just gets you thinking about what we need to do, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, even the the title of that book, Pivot, sort of epitomises your life at the moment, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like he was saying, he goes, you know, Pivot doesn't have to be a massive career change. It can just be, you know, a, a difference in direction. And he, yeah. he uses the analogy of playing basketball. So he said if you've got the basketball, um, you know, you can't move. And he goes, you know, you're pivoting, you're looking around and then you take a little dribble and then you stop again and have a look and then you shoot. So he, he really uses that analogy throughout the book. Yeah. Yep.
0: Mm, very yeah, good. good. Mm. Well, I really enjoyed that and listening to Rashida and you have a chat and it just makes me more excited to see this website as well. So, Hi yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> Leaps and bounds.
1: Yes, mm. that's right. No, no, it'll be good. It'll mm. be good.
0: So you're focusing on making sure this um, website builder is ready to go.
1: Yes. On my lucky day. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> Good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 13th, 13th. But by the time this episode airs, it will yeah. be out.
0: Yeah. Well, and truly. So we can send people over there. So what's the new domain name?
1: Um, it is the EQacademy.com.au.
0: So it does have a da in it?
1: No, it doesn't. I just said that. And I was like, I probably shouldn't say that. It's... Yeah. It's just Yes.com.au Yes, yeah. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Well done. Yay. Good. so
1: We're so so going to send a message to that woman. Seriously, she's so inspired me to do this. We're meaning to reach out to her, but I will once it's launched and say, this is because of your
0: podcast. (laughs) Yes, yes, Fiona. She'd be so glad to hear about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to shoot her a little note. Mm. Yeah.
0: She's just... Invited me into a new Facebook group, actually, that she just created. Oh. Something about the best morning or something like that, which is lovely because it's it's one of her, you know, main focuses is starting the day in the right way. And and I didn't this morning. I didn't exercise. So <laughs> as soon as we finish, I'll go for a quick run with the dogs.
1: That's so funny that I did it today and you didn't. That's so <laughs> random. I never exercise at this time of the day before our podcast.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you you're so energized and excited at the moment that you can do yes. it
1: no I just thought I wouldn't be able to say to Jackie about like, bet today because I never <laughs> normally say it that's anything that drove me to do it oh
0: I'm great <laughs> to be your motivation that's good Yes, yeah. <laughs> you are <were. laughs> right, so the next few days I'm going to program in some thinking time because that's actually a perfect timing to to for me to do it because I'm I am I'm doing some I should be doing some deeper thinking doing some market research into getting my words and my offerings right for Legally Wise Women and thinking time Mm. is just what I need
1: it's just what you need yeah let me know how you go with it Mm, will do be interested to hear
0: yeah all right so everyone's going to go out and check your new website out and otherwise um you're on LinkedIn as well so I am We do want to hear from people and comment, even just, you know, reflect on your own reluctance to outsource various bits and pieces in your business Mm. that you should be. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Comments can be put on our website as well, iqmeetseq.com.au. And um, you can find me at um, jackiebroman.com or tbalaw.com.au. So that's it. Another Yay. one. Yay. Another one. Woo-hoo. <laughs> All right. Well, take care and good luck with the website launch and I'll talk to you after.
1: Talk to you soon.
0: Great. Bye. Bye.